Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of BBP News. I'm Nicholas Rod, and I am alone this morning. Chris, unfortunately, could not join us today, but we do still have news for you guys, and I will get to that very shortly. But before we get to the news, before we get to anything, let's start it off, as we always do, by talking about the weather headed into today. So in Los Angeles, California, expect cloudy skies with a high of 64. In Houston, Texas, it will be clear with a high of 66. In Chicago, Illinois, expect partly cloudy skies with a high of 40. And New York City, expect a lot of rain with a high of 47. Now, I have something a little different for this morning's intro, and it was something that I ran into uh, while surfing for stories and while surfing for just, you know, a little bit of enjoyment, seeing what I could find. I came across a story uh, that came out just recently, just the other day, about an album that was originally released in Australia, but is now internationally available, of endangered bird songs it contained about 50 just over 50 of australia's most endangered bird species and this album is special in the well it's special from for multiple reasons first off you know being able to collect the the bird calls of these uh, endangered species is quite awesome in my opinion, you know, and getting to hear these, these bird calls is absolutely, it, it's really cool. Right. Cause we just hear, you know, I know at least I hear, you know, your typical, Oh, you'll hear a blue Jay. You'll hear a crow. You'll hear, you know, a few other types around you know, here and there. But when it comes to endangered species and especially from a different continent, you know, unless you're really going to search for those things, you're not going to hear them. But they collected these calls, they put them into uh, separate tracks for each one, and they sold it as an album. And this album rose to number three on the ARIA charts, which are the official ranking charts for Australian music. Rose to number three. Mind you, it rose above artists like Taylor Swift and Olivia Rodrigo and ABBA, Michael Bublé. You know, this album came out right around Christmas time. So these Christmas albums like Michael Bublé and such were all, you know, massively trending along with obviously artists like Taylor Swift and all these huge artists that are always high up on the list. Made it above all of them to number three. Now, a few weeks later now, it's not quite as high. Although it hasn't dropped much, it is still at number five. The latest ranking has it sitting at number five still. Uh, the only two that have uh, rose above it are Taylor Swift's album Red, as well as a different Christmas album. Uh, but I decided to take a look at this, uh, this album. Uh, because it was available on Spotify, which is where I listen to all of my music. And some of these birds, I'm not even joking, do not sound like birds. 
In fact, in a way, they don't even sound like actual like creatures or actual animals. And I'll show you what I mean. I'll play two clips right now. Two very short clips of a couple of these calls, and you'll see what I mean. Like, that is not the sound a bird makes. Neither of those. Just no way. My mind was absolutely blown. And there are so many others. Like I said, there are 50 uh, 50 some odd tracks. I think, if I remember correctly, 54 tracks in total. 24 minutes long of these bird calls. It was so awesome to listen to. And I honestly urge you guys to listen to it as well. Uh, If this interests you at all, go give it a listen. You know, it's on Spotify. I'm sure if it's on Spotify, it's on other streaming platforms. Go give it a listen because it is so cool to listen to. It's so cool to hear these calls. Um, in the time that it sat at number three, it had sold over 2,000 copies in that short amount of time. Mind you, it was just released, you know, right around Christmas time. And before the end of 2021, it had sold over 2,000 copies uh, in Australia to get it up to number three. And now, a couple weeks into 2022, it has sold over 3,000 copies. So that's kind of my intro story for you guys this morning. Something that I thought was absolutely just insane and honestly, I wish Chris had had been able to be here for this one. I would love to hear his input on this, because I'm sure he'd have something to say. But I was afraid if I didn't talk about it now, I absolutely would have forgotten about it by Friday. So I had to bring this up now. I saw it. I thought it was so cool. Uh, but that's my intro for you guys this morning. <laughs> and, uh, now it's time to get into the news for this morning and we start off like we do every monday with a covid19 update and starting off cases are remaining high as omicron is still working its way throughout the u.s the current seven day average for new cases stands at about 780,700 cases per day the seven day average for new hospitalizations is about 20,600 per day. The latest seven day average and the latest seven day average for new daily deaths stands at about 1,700 per day. And at the same time, in terms of vaccination, about 63% of the population, or 208 million people, are fully vaccinated, with about 78 million people having gotten their booster shot as well. Now, as we reported on Friday, the Supreme Court ruled to block the OSHA vaccine and testing mandate that would have required employees at companies with more than 100 workers to either get vaccinated or be tested every week. Soon after the Supreme Court handed down the ruling, the White House put out a statement addressing the situation. They said, quote, It is now up to states and individual employers to determine whether to make their workplaces as safe as possible for employees and whether their businesses will be safe for consumers, end quote. 
Then on Friday, White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki reaffirmed this statement and added that about 40% of the Fortune 500 companies have vaccination requirements in place as terms of employment. It is important to remember that this is not the end of this, as the case is still working its way through the lower courts. That being said, experts believe that this ruling will not be changed by those lower courts. Now, there are two programs you should know about when it comes to rapid at-home COVID-19 testing. One started on Saturday, and the other is starting on Wednesday. Starting on Wednesday, January 19th, you will be able to request an at-home test to be sent to your house for free from the federal government. The website is called covidtests.gov. You will not be able to do anything on the website right now. The website will start accepting orders on Wednesday. At that point, you will be able to request a test, and it will be shipped between 7 to 12 days after that request. Initially, there will be a limit of four tests per residential address. You will not have to enter any credit card information. This is in addition to the other program that started Saturday. We gave you all the details about that on Friday's show. Starting Saturday, you were able to get the cost of an at-home COVID test reimbursed to you from your insurance company with some stipulations. For those stipulations and all those additional details, make sure to listen to Friday's show. On Friday's show, we told you about how the 2021 tax season is starting soon, and many Americans still haven't received their 2020 tax return. It still hasn't been processed, and you are still waiting for that return. The IRS processed over 169 million returns in 2021, but admits there are still millions of unprocessed 2020 individual tax returns from last year. If you submitted your return electronically before April of 2021, the IRS says those returns have all been processed. Chances are, if you are still missing your 2020 return and submitted it prior to April, there was an error or it was flagged. If you are still missing your return, the IRS says you should file 2021 tax returns when you are ready. They say you do not need your 2020 return fully processed before you file your new 2021 return. The IRS admits there is no timeline to get that return to you. That is why your 2021 return needs to be filed correctly. As we all know, George Washington is on the head of the U.S. quarter, but early last week, the U.S. Mint started shipping out quarters with first-of-its-kind images on the tail side of the coin. The image now is the face of celebrated writer and social activist Maya Angelou. Her face is the first of commemorative quarters that will be rolled out every year until 2025, celebrating great American women, all these quarters will continue to have Washington on the head side, but the tail side is going to continually be switched out. Other women that will be featured on these quarters in 2022 include scientist and astronaut Sally Ride, 
Wilma Mankiller, the first female principal chief of the Cherokee Nation. Anna Mae Wong, the first Chinese film star on Hollywood. And Adelina Otero Warren, a leader in the New Mexico suffrage movement. More than 11,000 online submissions were made from the public. They were collected on the National Women's History website last year on who should be on these quarters. Those suggestions were narrowed down based on the collectible coin redesign of 2020. And the final approval was given by the Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen. Now, early on Saturday, four people were taken hostage at Congregation Beth Israel Synagogue in Colleyville, Texas. It was soon revealed that the one who took the hostages was a British national. He was on a live stream demanding that a Pakistani neuroscientist by the name of Afia Siddiqui, who was serving an 87-year sentence in a federal prison in Texas for trying to kill U.S. soldiers, be released. He also demanded that he be allowed to speak to Siddiqui. At approximately 5 p.m., the first hostage was set free and was unharmed. The standoff finally ended after 10 hours with Texas Governor Greg Abbott sending a tweet at about 10.30 p.m. saying, quote, Prayers answered. All hostages are out alive and safe, end quote. Authorities say that they are not ready to release the name of the hostage taker, but did confirm that he was dead due to a gunshot. They also stated that they will be investigating who killed the hostage taker and everything that surrounded that event. Siddiqui's lawyer has stated that she had no involvement in the situation and further added that her brother was not involved either. Authorities also stated that they were already in contact with Great Britain and Israel as to possible motives for this incident. Now moving into rapid news, President Biden is set to have a press conference on Wednesday, January 19th, to reflect on his first year in office. Also on Saturday, waves as high as 4.3 feet hit the Pacific coast of the U.S., after a volcanic eruption, this ranged all the way from California to Alaska. Now getting into good news, we have a bit of just like a nice, you know, heartwarming story that could have been disastrous, but luckily had a happy ending. So Ricardo Rodriguez had a dog named Russ. They went on a camping trip in Northern California in an area known as the Tahoe region. Well, Russ ran away because he was spooked by his surroundings and he didn't return. He never came back to the spot where uh, Rodriguez had been camping and he just figured that he was lost. Then a massive wildfire spread through the Tahoe region, burning over 114,000 acres of land. Then beyond that, in December, a rare snowstorm came through and dropped two feet of snow on the area. So, you know, it was safe to say that Rodriguez felt that Russ was never coming back. However, that wasn't the end. 
As Wendy Jones, the head of an organization who strives to help animals in any way they can, got an alert saying that there was a dog that needed to be rescued. She sent out two of the organization's members to go retrieve the dog, and as they were trudging along through the two feet of snow, they actually found him curled up on a hill, and he was alive, and they did get him to come to them, so they were able to recover him and bring him back down, and he was safe, he survived, they got him all, you know, healed up and healthy, and he was promptly returned to his owner, who could not believe his ears when he got the phone call. In fact, in a statement, he said that he thought that the call he was getting was just a work call. He was not expecting this at all. So when they told him that his dog was still alive and that he could come get him, it was just absolutely amazing news to his ears. What I love about this is just the the ending of it all, right? When you lose a pet, you don't ever expect that pet to come back, especially when you're in a place because Rodriguez and Russ, where they were camping, it was hundreds of miles from their home. They had gone a long way for this camping trip. And so when Russ ran away, plus the wildfire, plus the snowstorm, you know, it can be very easy to just tell yourself that, you know, your dog's not coming back after that. So for him to survive all that, to make it through all that, and to return to his owner... It's like, it's magic. It is like pet ownership at its finest. It's pets at their finest. Because they always seem to find a way back. Right? They always seem to find a way back through the most unlikely of odds. And that's a special kind of bond right there. Uh, So this story, that kind of uh, reunion between pet owner and pet... um, just made me smile. It was very, you know, warm. It was very nice. So I figured I'd give this one to you guys this morning. But that is it for this morning's episode. And we'll be back on Wednesday for another Idiots in the News. And then back on Friday for a roundup of the week's news. But in the meantime, make sure to go follow us on Twitter at BBP News Official and check out our Medium articles, all that's linked in the show notes along with our personal accounts. That's it from me, you guys. We'll see you here on Wednesday. See you later.